Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Believers Church. We're so excited that you guys are here with us. And it has been an amazing weekend. And uh, we know that this service will be no different. If you're new here, my name is Joe and I get to serve on staff. And uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna do something a little bit different, uh, kind of venture outside of the usual format of church. And we wanna just kind of take some moments for Mandy to share her story. And, and I'm sure all of us, if we could think through the stories of our lives, we would recognize this one thing, that behind every story, there's struggle and there's pain and there's all of these different uh, subplots and subjourneys that we go on, questions that we ask. And today we're, we're hoping and we're praying. I know it's gonna happen because I've watched it happen in each worship experience that God is going to use this story to inspire hope in your life. And so real quick, before we bring her out, uh, you can hoot and holler and make a ton of noise. That's awesome. But also while you're doing that, can we all just practice this? Because this is how Mandy is gonna know we're excited that she's here real quick. I'm not seeing full participation. Let's do that. I can see, I'm looking at you right now. Think you're hiding. Cool. Well, hey, without any further ado, for the very first time on the BC stage, can we make some serious noise and welcome Mandy Harvey? Woo! Thank you. Awesome. It looks good. Thank you so much. So glad to have you here. Grab a seat. Uh, I was teasing with Mandy because Mandy was actually born in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1988. She spent a couple years here, so now she lives in sunny Florida, and so she got to experience what spring in Ohio looks like today. And uh, Yeah, it's nice. It's beautiful. Cold. It's really, really, really cold. A little bit and cold. And I didn't think about it because it's, it's April, so I was like, it's April. It's warm now, you know, because it's hot out there in Florida. It's like 90 degrees now. Rub and it in. So I have like the thinnest coat ever. It's like a little jacket. And then it started snowing this morning. I was like, what is this stuff? I forgot. <laughs> sure. And it'll be 70 degrees by later this afternoon. So just hang on. Fantastic. Right about when you board the plane. It'll, uh... <laughs> oh, my hope. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Man, well, we're so honored to have you here with us. And um, as I've got to sit and interview Mandy now twice already, um, each time it just these different waves of emotion kind of hit you because you realize she has been through so much. And to hear her story and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, that's, that's our goal this morning. And so I want to jump right in. And Mandy, um, I would love for you to walk us through what life was like growing up because you had always um, been deafened to a certain extent growing up and had to learn to read the lips early in life. What was it like growing up with, with that as a reality? Well, you know, I was always the, the odd one out. So growing up, I'm one of four kids, and so I had that middle child syndrome pretty strong. Um, but uh, I always had a trouble understanding people talking to me and misunderstanding what they were saying in the first place. So it made me incredibly shy and uncomfortable, and I just kind of shut down and didn't talk much to people. I didn't have a lot of friends, and I was fine with that. Yeah. But I found a love in choir. It was because I was part of a team, almost forcibly so. It's like, you have friends, boom. Uh, but I knew what the words were. They were right there in black and white. And we were all singing the same thing and watching one person direct. So I didn't have to question myself. I didn't have to worry. I could just freely communicate. And because I was so inward, for me, it was an ability to express myself and express emotions 
without necessarily having other people know that's how I really felt. So it was, it was a beautiful part of my life and it, it kind of became an addiction as it, it became my whole world. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating to me because I've heard Mandy talk about her younger years and that was always something that was kind of looming, this idea, this greatest fear really, that one day she could possibly lose her hearing. And so here she is uh, in her late teens actually going to school for music and all of a sudden there's this nine month process of time where she begins to fully lose her hearing. What were you feeling during that time where you realized that your greatest fear is actually happening? Well, you know, I, I kind of, I was thinking that it wasn't real, you know, because it's happened so many times in my life. I had so many infections, so many perforated eardrums, so many surgeries with tubes being put in, taken out, put in, taken out. And when I went, uh, I had this amazing opportunity in Australia to go and sing at the Sydney Opera House in high school, part of a 500 part choir. Amazing, unbelievable. I cleaned a lot of toilets to to get to go to that. Uh, I was that annoying person who like sold every book and every you know candy bar and sang at every national anthem I could. But when I was landing, because I have deformed eustachian tubes, I perforated my eardrums really badly, and I almost missed hearing any of it. I caught a little bit. And that was enough, but it took two weeks. And so in my head, I was just like, okay, Australia, we got this. It's just a, an infection. It's just something. It's not the real thing. Because you always tell yourself that bad things are going to happen, and it's your big fear chasing you down. But in, your, in the back of your mind, you're just like, it's just a headache. It's not a tumor. You know, I sneezed. I'm not dying. I can't hear right now. It's not permanent. And then I went to the audiologist because it just never went away. And I, I had dropped 40 decibels of sound in one month. And then it kept going. We went back and it kept dropping. It went back and it kept dropping. And I kept telling myself, this isn't real. This cannot be happening. My dream and my reality have met for the first time. That, that rush of calm that everybody says that you get when you're doing that one thing that you're supposed to do with your life. I had it. I always thought that was a lie, but I felt it. It was there. And then it was just being pulled out of my hands little bit by little bit by little bit. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, understandably. I mean, just to put ourselves in her shoes for a moment, can you imagine that the thing that your entire life had been built around, the thing you were best at, all of a sudden it's yanked away from you in a moment and you're redefining who you are. Mandy has spoken about how her identity was really found in this one thing, music, and all of a sudden it's not in the picture. So you talk a lot about this kind of season in your life, especially for the first few months where you were in a heavy depression and you really were confined to your room. Can you talk to us about that period of time? It's a funny thing to just say that it was, you know, depression. Depression is just a word. It, it felt to me like I was dying. I was struggling to breathe. And the idea of going outside in the sun was painful because it's just like that shininess was mocking me. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys have ever experienced loss. I'm, I'm sure you will at some point. Um, but... It was just heavy. Everything was heavy and everything moved so slow. And I couldn't breathe. I really struggled to just 
breathe in and out. I remember days when I would wake up and I would breathe in and out and I would be surprised the air filled my lungs. I was like, oh, look at me, I'm gonna make it today. Yeah, that was a shock. And counting out my steps and how much effort and energy it would take to go to the bathroom, how much effort and energy it would take to put on shoes, how much effort and energy it would take to crack a smile, and it was too much. It was just too much. And I, I could have lived there in that feeling forever, but I had so many people in my life who pushed me out of it. It wasn't that I just had this internal gumption to be like, all right, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna be happy. I, I, you know, It was a long process of people not giving up on me even when I gave up on myself. Yeah, that's amazing. And someone that was definitely in Mandy's corner through this whole ordeal was her dad. He happens to be in the front row. His name is Joe. He's pastored for many years and now tours with Mandy all over the world. Can we give it up for Joe? Just an incredible guy. Now, Mandy, there were some pretty important things that your dad told you in this moment. Can you tell us what he told you? Yeah, you know, my, my whole family had been recognizing how disconnected I had become. I'm not sure they knew exactly how bad it was. Because at that point, I mean, I, I had stopped eating, I had stopped taking showers. I spent most of my time either in bed or leaning against the door of my dorm room, waiting to see if I could feel if anyone would knock to know that I hadn't left my room in two weeks. You know, I would just kind of sit there and just see how long it would take for someone to notice that I wasn't there and no one ever came. And you know, my parents, they were just trying to get information from me, sending me messages and calling me and I would never respond. It was so much effort to do so um, that my, my dad ended up coming to the campus, probably because my mom and him were like, oh, we gotta fix this now. And uh, my mom is not my person that I go to and, and talk about big things, you know. It's always been my dad. And so he came up and we sat in the van and he was giving me the, the dad speech, you know, the when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade and you just gotta start looking at the world with different colored glasses, you know, like, you know, the, the really good stuff, you know, the heartfelt, you've got this speech that you know, like, you're going to get through this and, and, and all of that positivity, but in those moments, it's not what you want to hear. And so I stopped him. I said, Dad, I don't think you understand how bad this is. Like, you're talking. I can see you're talking, but I have no idea what you're saying half the time. And to be honest, I can't remember what your voice sounds like anymore. This is not going away. And I'm not sure what to do with my life. Why would God do this to me? What am I being punished for? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do amazing things happen to the worst people you can find? Why? And we sat there in silence for a long time, just crying together. And we, we came up with this, this list of how to breathe. The first thing that we were talking about is this picture of God and how he can't be a bully with a stick. He's incapable of evil. 
So it's just not, it's not in his nature, but it's just not in him. So why am I feeling this way? The first is this world is broken. It's messy. It's disconnected from God. This is not heaven. It is not meant to be easy. It is not meant to be anything. This is a part of our lives that we're supposed to go through. It's part of the human experience. And we've got to go through it with faith. But there is no expectation that it's supposed to be fun and easy all the time. We have free will and genetics. I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome type 3. I genetically lost my hearing because of stress and medication and because I had it in me the whole time. It wasn't because somebody just thought it would be funny. It just happened. It's messy, but it's real. The second is, is through that pain, if I can only love God when things are good for me, when things are going the way that I want them to be, on my time, in my direction, my vision, and ignore him and hate him when it doesn't, then I never really love God in the first place. I'm just trying to use him to love myself. And that was a hard pill to swallow. The third is, is it does not matter what you do. I think this idea of that sense of calm, that there's only one thing that you were ever intended to do, I think that that's false. I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that God uses you every day in every single situation. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Holding a door open for a stranger, waking up in the morning and breathing in and out, that is a sign of God. And it doesn't matter. A to Z, it doesn't matter if your path is a path that you understand all the way through. He's going to use you if you allow him to. And you are full of gifts, full of dreams, thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And personally, when I die and I look God in the face, I don't want to say that I had all of these gifts I completely ignored because of the one I was comfortable with. That's the one I used. I want to use everything up till I have nothing left so that I look at him and said, you gave me gifts and I'm out of them. Thank you. I didn't lose them. I didn't let them rot. How amazing is that? Can we give it up for Mandy? Man. So the story doesn't stay there in that chapter. There's a pretty cool next chapter. And in this moment, when you think music is probably not going to be a big part of my life in the way that it once was, all of a sudden that door comes like kicked wide open, maybe a little bit at a time. First it's cracked, but it's... Well, I didn't open it. That's for sure. (laughs) Tell us about that. Well, you know, I moved back home and my goal was never to get back into music. My goal was to breathe again and to feel like a human, and to understand that my life was beautiful, albeit different. I started taking ASL classes, got involved with the deaf community, and I was surrounded by people who other people looked down on for no good reason. Intelligent, amazing people that just view the world slightly differently. They experience things differently, and there's nothing to be pitied there. And that gave me confidence. I was communicating easily for the first time in my life. It wasn't lip reading. It wasn't misunderstanding. It was, I was sitting there having full conversations with a crowd of people back and forth as if nothing was different. And it was beautiful. It was a peace that I had never experienced before. 
and I was a lot more animated. I had, I had friends, and it was nice. So it gave me the ability to say yes to things. So my dad came up and he asked me, he's like, hey, will you play guitar with me? And I was like, mm, you're my dad, it's okay. Growing up, we played guitar together all the time. It was our way of communicating. It was our special thing that we did. And so it wasn't outside of the norm. And he was dealing with his own things at that time. Our whole family had to relearn how to communicate. It's not like you move back home and you can lip read 100% perfect and everything is just fine. It was awkward. These people who you'd grown up with, who knew everything about you, now can't understand you at all. And you're angry and you're shut down. And I wasn't the nicest person. I will fully admit that I was difficult and very short-tempered. <laughs> it's like something touched me. <laughs> and we were just trying to start over. And so I sat down and pulled up the guitar. I'm watching his chords, and I'm playing them with him. And it was nice. It was odd, but it was nice. And I could feel music against my skin, holding the instrument down my arms on my fingertips. And I realized that music isn't dead. I'm just not looking at it. I can experience it differently. I can feel it. I can be a part of it still. I can create it, even though I can't absorb it the way that I used to. My appreciation is still there. And so I was playing it, and it was good enough. And that's where I would have stopped. I wasn't expecting to do anything past that point. And he said, hey, why not <laughs> learn a song to sing? And I was like, you're a crazy old man. I don't understand why you would do this to me, but yeah, OK. Oh, <laughs> why did I say yes? So my sister found a song on the radio, Come Home, by One Republic. I got the sheet music and, a, and a, a tuner I could look at, and I would sing notes into it, and then I would feel it on my throat. And then, OK, it sets it to C. Cool, that's where C feels. OK, next note. Little green light comes on. All right, cool. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Eight to 10 hours later. I had finished getting through the song one time, once. And then he came home. I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> I sang my first note. I felt it. I closed my eyes. And I just let it go. Because it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was good. It didn't matter if it was bad. It, it just didn't matter. I expected to fail. and. I was okay with that. It wasn't going to kill me. I had already failed the biggest failure of my life. And uh, there wasn't much left of me to lose. So when I opened my eyes, when we had finished the song, he was crying. He's like, you did it. And I didn't believe him because he's a parent and they're very biased. And uh, I, I sent a recording of it. We had a little like $50 recorder. And I sent it to my old vocal coach. And she's like, oh, you recorded this before you lost your hearing. I was like, no, that was yesterday. She's like, what? You got to come back. You got to start taking voice lessons again. I was like, OK. Oh. I said yes again. And so I had to show up because she would show up at my house. I said yes. She was going to show up one way or another. She's like, OK, you're going to sing in front of an audience at a, at a jazz club because you want to sing jazz. And I was like, OK. Ah, seven people, seven people there. Most terrifying experience of my life. 
I never wanted to perform. I love being a choir nerd. I love being a part of that group, part of a team. I hated people staring at me all the time. You should be so ashamed of yourselves. I was the person who used to throw up and pass out when I had to do a solo. You know, I didn't like it when you get those tingles in your hands and then your whole arm goes numb and then you just kind of hope you can finish the song before you pass out and hurt yourself. That was me. And so now I'm standing in front of seven people who are eating dinner not paying any attention at all. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. I got up there, clutched the piano, sang my first note, sang it out loud. Yep, yep, cool. Here we go. And then my fear just dissipated because I realized my biggest fear was losing my hearing. Done. When I was singing by myself, I didn't care if I failed because I had already been through the biggest failure. I didn't have anything left to lose. Now I'm standing in front of seven people who, who probably don't even know that I, I exist. What can they take from me? I'm the one giving them that power. Why? I'm here standing, I'm singing a song. I never thought I would get back into music anyway. So what's the worst that can happen by singing a wrong note? Who cares? I know I will survive. And from that point forward, it just snowballed. Another person pushed me to do this. Another person pushed me to do this. Another person pushed me to this. And I just woke up one day and I'm walking out on stage on AGT. Not because I made up my mind to do it. I was pushed to do it. Other people just push, 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 push. And there I was. That's incredible. And um, you know what's amazing to me? I didn't know this until a few days ago, but written into Mandy's contract for America's Got Talent um, was this one thing that the judges could not know her condition. And so she wanted to be rated and judged purely off of the work that she had put in to her musicianship and to her skill. Yeah. And so imagine that all of this is happening and she gets the gold buzzer. Can you just talk us through, because I know life has been a whirlwind after this one moment on America's Got Talent. Yeah. Talk to us about what's happened after you get the gold buzzer. The whole thing was weird. I'll, I'll start at just a very small snippet. Right before sound check, they tested all of the X's. Okay. So that's a good way to feel welcome. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I'm set up for, for a good time here. And then right before uh, I walked out on stage, you know, they tested the red X's again. And then they, they did a final test of the golden buzzers for everyone. And Simon's was broken. It didn't work. And he said, that's OK. I have a goal. I am not using my golden buzzer today. It's not happening. This is the first day of filming. No way in hell is this happening. And I was like, whoa, that's very strong. Okay. So I'm not worried about it. I'd never seen the TV show before anyway, so I didn't understand the big deal. Uh, I walked out on stage, and he was just like, and I was just like, ooh. I thought I want a car. I wasn't sure. It was awesome. You get a car, you get a car, you get... <laughs> but my goal walking out on that stage was not fame or, or getting a golden buzzer or making it to the finals or any of that stuff. My goal was to encourage one person and to hopefully show them that it is okay to fail. It is okay to be broken. It is okay to have your dreams die. It is not okay to give up with the rest of your life. 
because you have so much potential to help and encourage somebody else. You have so much potential to do amazing things, period. And that next day, it was cool that the tweets from like Lady Gaga and Rolling Stone and Billboard and blah, blah, blah. What was really cool was the tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of emails I got instantaneously from people who were in pain, people who just wanted their stories told. That is the one thing that I have overwhelmingly understood, is that every single person in this room is dealing with something. Every single person in this room is hitting a wall. But we're also not supporting each other, and we're not talking about what's going on. And we just keep it to ourselves, because we're afraid of showing our pain to somebody else. It makes us look weak. Well, let me tell you something. We're all in pain. So why are we afraid of the weakness there? We're weak. We're humans. We're frail. We're fragile. We're broken. God is strong. Let's talk about things. Let's be open with each other. Let's encourage each other, lift each other up, and help each other keep going forward when life gets messy. Because God never gave up on us. And that's an amazing thing to be excited about. Incredible. And it obviously reminds us of, of the scripture famously saying that in my weakness, he's strong. That, that God's strength is brought out in its perfection when my weaknesses are most on display. And if you set out to help one person, I think we have far exceeded that. I don't know if you guys knew this, but just with music uh, video views alone for Mandy, collectively, there have been over 500 million video views. And I think God and his goodness and his glory are on display through her life in a way that it probably couldn't have been otherwise. And I think that's something we ought to just give it up for God right now. And for Mandy for walking through that. It's incredible. So we got to know, we got to know how has life changed since being quote unquote famous? I'm sure it's a little bit different from time to time. It's, it's a little odd. Um, I'm still an awkward, dorky, shy person. You know, I, I don't typically, you know, go out and be like, hey, you want to take a picture with me? You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like, hey, guys, what's up? Um, but I, I don't know if I take to fame that well uh, in that manner. Uh, I'm just trying to do my best to, to keep going forward. But things have, have definitely changed. I get to spend my entire career, my entire time, talking to people and singing and doing music and working really hard. I work 40 to 60 hours a week on music and, and pronouncing words correctly. To speak this clearly is a lot of work. It's a lot of therapy. It's a lot of, of speech. And it, a lot of the times I just shut off and I don't talk at all and I just sign. And I love it one way or another. It doesn't matter. It's amazing. And Mandy and her dad, I mean, they're on the road all the time, going to be in Australia and all over the world. And I think yeah. she was home three three days last month. And so it's incredible to see tomorrow. I think she finally gets to get a little bit of rest and maybe sleep in. I get to go home for one day. Hey, Woo! awesome. <laughs> and then I'm off again to, right back to California. It. But I'm working on a lot of really beautiful projects. I'm an ambassador for No Barriers and they do incredible work with people with and without disabilities. So I get to go on a trip to Nepal this summer and take a group of high school students. And all of them have their own stories. One of them has CP, one of them's had 13 brain surgeries, another one was born blind and he runs, you know, all these beautiful kids who want to do amazing things. 
and they keep hitting walls. And so we get to go and see that working as a team, we can do incredible things. And I get to donate so much. I get to donate so many ukuleles to the education system. I get to do all of these different things that I never thought that I would have the ability to do. And now because of doing AGT, it's given me the platform to be able to say, not necessarily you get a car and you get a car, but I get to be here and help you. How can I help you today? And that's amazing. And if you want to be a part of that, um, obviously at our other campus, we don't have this available. So the best way to do it is to go to MandyHarveyMusic.com. And both of her albums, all of the proceeds go to No Barriers, this nonprofit that she's talking about. And so that's an incredible thing. We're almost, I think, out of CDs from this weekend, from the other worship experiences. So that would be the way uh, to make sure you can be a part of that. Yeah. And um, such an incredible opportunity. Let me, let me end with this question because we all want to hear you sing. And uh, we have some incredible moments left in the service today. But one of the things that I'm seeing a pattern in your life and in many of our lives is that God can take our pain and he can use it for his purpose. And I love Romans 8, 28, that he uses all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That is Mandy Harvey in a nutshell, if, if anything else. Can you just talk to us for one more moment and leave us with maybe a final thought I think my, my final thought would be is that there's nothing wrong with failure. In fact, I, I understand more now. You know, when I first read uh, Rejoice in Your Suffering, Suffering Leads to Perseverance, Perseverance, Character, Character, Hope, I was very, I was, I was very, I was very upset. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not rejoicing here. This is not a time to be happy. But now I, I understand a little bit more of the meaning there. In, in your brokenness, in, in those moments, you have the ability to grow. You have the ability to love more, to trust more, and to become a better you, but also just lean on God even more. I think that had I never lost my hearing, I, I still would have been a music teacher and my life would have been purposeful, meaningful. But after losing my hearing, I feel like I, for the first time, I feel like I finally found my voice. I found who I was and I love people more. I love music more. I care about others more. Through all of the sufferings, I have my eyes open more to pain that's everywhere. And if we can see and say that our brokenness, our broken pieces is what unifies us all and that we're all struggling, I think that it could be an amazing improvement to say that I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, there's not a battle here. We're all people, we're all broken, we're all messy. So why can't we encourage each other and lift each other up instead of stomping on each other for just a little bit more air? We're not here for our own glory and success. We're here to show how God is amazing through everything that we do in our lives, not by judging other people. That's not our job. Our job is to love. And I think that the failure, I think it gives you a beautiful opportunity to love more. Isn't that incredible? Can we give it up one more time for Mandy? So amazing. Mandy is going to go get ready and prepare with the band for one final song. And I want to invite you to do something as they prepare. If you could just bow your heads and 
close your eyes for just a moment. I want to pray with you and at every campus. Um, I realize that there are so many people here that came today hurting and in pain, and uh, you're struggling to find that purpose in your pain. But I, I really don't believe that one person is here by accident today. I think there are some people that are right now, you're viewing on the archive a year from today, and you're thinking, man, how could God speak to me through this? And God's speaking to you right now that I love you and I have a plan for you and there's nothing that you're going through that I don't care about. There's no tear that you cry that I'm not crying with you. God says, he makes this promise that you can actually cast your cares on him because he cares about you. So I wanna pray with you in just a moment. We're gonna stand and we're gonna worship together. If you don't know this song, you'll catch on fast. It's called It Is Well. And it's remarkable because this song, this version was written long after Mandy lost her hearing, and she painstakingly went through each note to learn it so that today God could use it in our hearts and in our lives. And so let's pray together, and then we're going to stand and worship. Lord, we thank you so much at TCI and at Boardman here in Warren. We thank you, every person that's on live stream right now, we thank you that you're speaking to all of us. We thank you that you have a plan that's so much bigger than we ever give you credit for. Help us to see from your perspective. I pray that if there are broken hearts, that right now you would heal them. If there's pain from anything in our past, that you would heal it and you would free us up to have the future that you called us and designed us to have. And right now I pray you'd speak to every heart, regardless of where we're coming, so we could all go in the same direction, closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stand to your feet and we're gonna worship together.
So incredible. Hey, you can grab your seats for a moment more. Mandy has two more songs. But before we go any further, I just wanted to take a moment and talk about really what I believe is the most important thing we'll talk about all day today. 
You know, it's interesting as I think about this song and I think about everything that we're talking about, it really paints this picture of a storm. Because all of us go through storms. If you haven't gone through one yet, just, just wait. If you're going through one now, know that it's coming to an end at some point soon. But some of you, you're, you're like in the perfect storm. It just seems like it's coming from every side. And I love the promise that God makes to us in, in the book of Hebrews. He says, we have this sure and steady hope that is like an anchor for our soul. And it's Jesus. You know, the, the coolest thing about an anchor to me is that it does its best work when you can't even see it at all, when it's beneath the surface. You know what, I, I hope you know this at this point in this service today, that the way that you can let go and tell your soul to trust God is, is by fully entrusting yourself and your soul to Him. Because we can have a confidence that God's got us when we fully surrender to Him. That's really what salvation is. Salvation is surrender in the fullest way possible. And some of you, there's probably two categories of people here. Some of you grew up in church, you've known about God, Maybe you've been baptized as a child. Maybe if you're honest, you're like, I think I'm a pretty good person. My good works outweigh my bad. I think, I think I'm a pretty good person, but I can't remember a moment in my life at, at every campus, TCI and Boardman, I can't remember a moment in my life where I gave Jesus complete control. If salvation is surrender, here's a great question. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he in the driver's seat? Is he calling the shots? because that's what a life of following Jesus really looks like. Doesn't mean you have it all, all together. Doesn't mean you're perfect. As a matter of fact, one of our core values here at Believer's Church is that there are no perfect people allowed, that God loves you right where you are, but he loves you way too much to let you stay there. And here's what Jesus said about himself. He said, I am the way and I am the truth and I'm the life and no one comes to my Father in heaven except through me. I'm the gate. I'm the door. Jesus tells us all throughout the Bible, it's very clear, today is the day of salvation. And so if you can't remember a moment when you prayed that prayer and you gave Jesus control, you said, Jesus, I call you Lord. I'm gonna let you call the shots from here on. In and of my own ability, in and of myself, I don't have what it takes to have true peace and fulfillment. There's a God-shaped void on the inside of me that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. If you can't remember a moment, or maybe it's been a long time, and all throughout the service, God's been speaking to you and it's time to recommit your life. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. It's the most powerful prayer you can ever pray for Jesus to become Lord of your life. And here's what it means, that one day you'll have heaven as a future destination, but here's the coolest part. God wants to bring heaven to your here and now. And he wants to help you through every struggle and every trial. He wants to be with you through these storms, through the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, in a relationship with you. So I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And there are hundreds who have already prayed this prayer at every campus, but I wanna lead you in a prayer. And everyone who's prayed it before, can you pray it with us? And if this is you for the first time and you pray this, I really believe a miracle is gonna take place on the inside. Can you say this with me? Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he hung on a cross and took the punishment for my sin. He paid the price for my sins so I wouldn't have to. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I receive it and I won't be perfect, but every day 
I'll take a step closer to you, God. Help me. In Jesus' name, I am a Christian. Amen. Now everyone's heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. I love that the Bible actually tells us that if one person prays this prayer in all the world, heaven literally throws a party, erupts with celebration. It's amazing. And so I would love to go home celebrating too. I'm not gonna have you come up or stand at your seat, but I, I would love to celebrate. I'd love to go home knowing who it was that made that decision. So I'm just gonna ask you to do a simple thing at every campus, TCI, Boardman. If you prayed that prayer for the first time on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to just stick your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that was you all over the room at every campus, so proud of you. If you raised it once, just raise it again. And our hosts at every location, they're just gonna put a Bible in your hands. I see some over here, guys. Wait, wave it at me one more time. It's just me. Awesome, you're in the front, congratulations. Man, we're so excited for you. It's a big room, so let's just give them another minute. Wave it again if you didn't get one. This Bible is just a, a roadmap to your journey with Jesus. Such an incredible, amazing opportunity. Let's give them one more moment. Church, you can look up and I, I wanna talk to everyone who just made that decision. First of all, can we give it up for them and just congratulate them for being so brave at every campus, so cool. Listen, we have an incredible opportunity for you just next weekend. The first command that Jesus gives us as a follower of him is to be water baptized. We call it going public here. And it's this outward expression of an inward decision, kind of like my wedding ring is to my marriage. It's just a declaration to the world that I'm with him. And so next weekend, we already have a ton of people signed up. They're gonna be baptized. And we would love for you to be a part of that. Today, you can go home with your baptism info and a t-shirt. And, um, and next weekend, we can, we can baptize you at any of our three services. And so if that's you, I'm gonna ask you at the end of the service, go out to the green wall, right where I'm pointing. Uh, if you're at the other campus, sign up at guest services and we'll find a way to get you here to be baptized. While Boardman's being renovated, there's not a whole lot of space. But um, man, we're so excited for you. Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get to hear Mandy sing two more songs. These are original songs. This next song is called Try, and it's the song that got her the golden buzzer. So one more time, could we give it up for Mandy Harvey?
next song is about walking through life together and I, I truly hope from the bottom of my heart that we see this room is a community of people and not just a building and that we walk through life together and we understand that God is holding our hands the whole way so it doesn't matter if it's good bad or ugly it's going to be and it's going to be perfect because he's never gonna leave us never gonna let us go Can you see it in my 
Man, so incredible. One more time, can we just make some serious noise for Mandy Harvey? Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.